Okay, good morning, everyone. Hi, good morning. So sharing from today's DT text, notice that all three texts from today's DT emphasizes four exhortations for one another. Bear one another's burdens, exhort one another every day, stir up one another to love and good works, encourage one another. And so these passages makes it abundantly clear that as a Christian, I'm never told to just make sure that I'm taking care of myself spiritually, guarding against sins, keeping watch over my own spiritual life. But rather, I am told that I'm responsible for all of my brothers and sisters too, that I need to make sure that they don't fall away from God, that they don't harden their hearts and so forth. In addition to all of those, these one another verses, there are also these instances of the plural, such as us, our, together. So in Hebrews 10.23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises faithful. And in verse 24, let us consider. And in verse 25, not neglecting to meet together. So from Galatians 6, bear one another's burdens. I remember a vivid memory I have when others carry the burden of my sin. Uh, and that was back when I was in my mid-20s when um, Pastor Timothy and I was just starting to date and I was involved in college ministry. I think I was a freshman staff. And then I started to complain. I was grumbling that our life was too busy, that ministry kept us from having enough time to spend together, uh, especially because um, Pastor Timothy at the time was um, attending UC Davis for grad school. And so my heart was starting to cool towards the younger sisters that God placed in my life to minister to and just people around me in general. And so my leaders finally confronted me about this. And after I was exhorted to be sober-minded and repent of my grumbling heart and just my self-indulgence, there was a lot of shame towards my leaders and towards my peers and, you know, just even the fellow staff team who I had been serving together with. And so there were a lot of moments I just wanted to stay in my room and I never wanted to come out because I felt so much shame and couldn't really face anybody. But my leaders and my peers came around me and they really helped me carry this burden of my sins, the burden of my shame and guilt by regularly turning me uh, towards God's word. They extended me grace and we were still able to have meals and uh, laugh together. And even though I knew that I had betrayed the entrustment that I was given to do ministry with them and the kind of commitment we made together to serve God, they were really around me to restore me back and brought me back to my senses and my fellowship with God and my relationship with them. So, you know, that's a moment that I often recount that brings me back to who I was. And it fills me with a lot of gratitude and just affirms for me again and again, even after all these years, that I know that I have my peers, my leaders, and others to help me carry my burdens. Now, in the Galatians 6 passage, the Christians are called to help this brother who is caught in sin. And they're to do that, uh, not from a perspective of being better than him or immune to sin themselves. No, in fact, they're warned specifically to be careful lest they fall themselves or lest they think that they are better. Instead, they are told to help restore this brother with a spirit of gentleness, which is clearly opposite from the attitude of, well, I'm better than you, and that's why I'm helping you. Now I want to make some comments about the Hebrews 3 passage as well. In verse 12 and 13, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. 
but exhort one another every day as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. In these verses, the author gives clear warning of what we're up against. In verse 12, fall away. In verse 13, hardened, and he uses the phrase deceitfulness of sin. All of these words and phrases show how insidious and sneaky sin is. If sin always came at us as this clear and obvious threat, then we would respond by steering clear or running away or calling 911. But it's often not like that. Satan is always attacking us, but often he makes it not so obvious that he's attacking us. So these phrases fall away. It's talking about this gradual falling away, not the sudden plunge off of a cliff. Hardening. Again, this word describes something that happens over a period of time. Things gradually harden and get brittle over time. It's not instantaneous. Then the phrase deceitfulness of sin. Sin is deceitful. Sin hides what it's doing. And so it makes it very hard to see its impact. So in the midst of all of that, what's encouraging to know that it's actually possible to not fall into an evil and unbelieving heart when we have one another to fight the battle together. So for example, doing DT together in the mornings, praying together, engaging in ministry together, all of these things we do at our church that we often take for granted are actually so essential and we're given so much uh, support to be able to fight against our sins. Now, when sin is invading our, our lives, our hearts, it's really hard to see. And it's even harder to admit that that's happening in our hearts, unless you are this hyper self-aware person, unless you're this truth lover so that you're willing to admit even the most hard and unflattering truth about yourself, unless you're this very humble person that is very capable of admitting all kinds of unpleasant things about yourself. Now, all of this description that I just uh, said, I don't think any of us fit this criteria, and certainly not me. And that's why we really need each other. I need other people in my life who can call me out and say, hey, I'm noticing a disgruntled attitude or this complaining air about you. Uh, you're making all, all kinds of complaining or, or snarky uh, remarks or saying something like, you seem more guarded and closed off these days. What's going on? And so we can pick these kinds of things up more easily in others than we can pick those things up in ourselves. And that's why we need each other to guard against the deceitfulness of sin. So in Hebrews 10, 24, it says, stir up one another to love and good works. And in verse 23, right before that, it says to hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. So it's a call to hold on and stand firm in our faith for the long haul, because at times we're going to be discouraged from trying to live a faithful life for Jesus. And stirring up one another is putting aside my own agenda to bring more vitality, strength and energy to other people in their faith. And in that process, I find my own faith being stirred up, too. But the only way this is going to happen is if we take time to meet together and refuse to neglect doing that. Right. And so we need to keep our peer times. You know, the deacons have our peer times on Fridays as well. And especially as our church is spreading out more, we want to really exhort all of us to meet together, whether it's on Zoom, making phone calls, FaceTime. And I think it's really important that you go over physically to one another's uh, homes 
And nowadays, um, we can still do this as long as we meet in 10 people or less, and we're still wearing masks. So COVID has really caused us to want to cocoon. And it's a perilous time, right? Which, you know, we've been continuing to warn one another about. So we really need to fight to meet together. We need to get out of our house, get in our car, bring our kids and go over to one another's places and meet in smaller groups as much as we can. So we do not give ourselves any kind of excuse. And your one decision to go over and see someone for that day actually has a power to store up somebody else for that one day. And that's such a blessing God has given to each of us. So let's remember that image of that large rock that is not to be carried by ourselves, but all together. And how we're going to do that is we really need to go and, and meet together. Now, I just want to make one final comment on the Hebrews 10 passage. Notice in verse 23, I found it interesting that it starts with the phrase, let us hold fast without wavering. So it makes it sound like our goal is to simply maintain some level, kind of like when you get on an airplane and the pilot announces, okay, now we've reached the cruising altitude. And so you can take off your seatbelt or whatever. But what we have to remember is that we live in a broken world with a constant downward gravity pull of sin. So we never reach a cruising altitude spiritually and just coast along. Realistically, from my own life experience, as well as from the people that I minister to, people are either growing and being stirred up or they're declining spiritually. They're never just cruising at the same altitude. So you and I cannot just have this attitude, I'm going to maintain where I am spiritually and just cruise. That's just not how it works. So therefore, let's keep up stirring up and encouraging one another, as Hebrews 10 says, so that we can follow Christ more and more. Okay, bye everyone. Okay, have a good day. Bye-bye.